an important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. In this episode, it is my pleasure to interview Vicky and Rami from Tasteaholics. Rami and Vicky co-founded Tasteaholics.com in February of 2015 to master the art of creating extremely delicious and healthy low-carb food while researching the truth behind nutrition, dieting, and overall health. Their mission is to continue to grow the low-carb movement uh, and improve their health and outlook on life through diet, studies, news, and nutrition and fitness education. In this episode, we talk about how important it is to have easy meals when prepping to start the ketogenic diet, the ideas behind Keto and 5, which are their current recipe books, and what it's like to create a company of physical products suitable for all the ketogenic basics. We also touch on a few of the different sweeteners to watch out for if you're trying to stay in a ketogenic state, and make sure you stick around to the end where they share their favorite low-carb meal. So good, in fact, that it's going to be served at their wedding. So please welcome Rami and Vicky from Tasteaholics. Guys, how are you doing today? We're good. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Aaron. No problems. I, I always remember um, when I first started uh, my website and I think I got in contact with you and I said, look, I'd really love to do a guest recipe and I'm not really sure what a guest recipe is right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that uh, I can do this affogato recipe and mm-hmm. I, I took a whole bunch of photos and I sent them to you and, and you were like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about those photos. Hey, uh, okay, let, let me let me talk you through some food photography. And I was like, "What is food photography?" <laughs> and I had all these lights on them, and it just looked terrible. So I, 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 I yeah. So thank you very much, first of all, for helping me through my photography woes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no problem. We, we went we went through some stuff in the beginning of our of our blogging careers too. Yeah, we look back on some of the earlier images and we were like, "What were we thinking?" Yeah, we have some burnt burnt hot. Dogs oh yeah, yeah, the to, burnt sausages. I think we got rid of them. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you, you know, you always have that recipe where it goes up and you take photos and you and and you sort of got the cooking right, but then you might cut it open and it's just not cooked all the way through, and you go, mm-hmm. "Oh no, I'm gonna have to cook it again." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, so I, I usually start off the podcast with uh, a little bit of a uh, a personal story, um, which is usually an icebreaker for most people. But I go, I know you guys so well, so we don't need any icebreakers. <laughs> but it is always nice to have a, 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 you know, just a story that we sort of start the podcast off with. So, 
we were talking a little bit off the podcast before and Vicky was saying that Rami might be a little bit clumsy in some respects. Is that sort of a good lead into what you're the story? Well, well, yeah, you were asking us if there's something that we want to share with everyone that they might not know about us. Um, yeah. And uh, Rami is very clumsy. I am clumsy. Some, I've some, been getting better. But sometimes very unlucky. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> yeah. the story that I, I think he's about to tell is going is um, to showcase that. So we were, we were moving into our first apartment together. And the move-in date was July 1st. Mm-hmm. And we started moving everything in. And I think it was the very next day. Uh, we decided to hang up the TV in the living room. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I can already hear the laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know what the story is. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm oh, actually pretty handy. I, yeah, I'm pretty handy. I measured everything out, uh, made sure everything was level, and just, you know, I, I checked for the beams. Mm-hmm. And I went to drill the first hole, and I'm having a little bit of difficulty drilling it, but, you know, I finally got through. And this was the first as, hole in the apartment. Period. First hole, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, as, yeah. and as soon as I got through, I just hear, and immediately Vicky, Vicky, she was in the kitchen and she op- behind the closed door. Mm-hmm. She opened the door and she's like, "Is that gas?" <laughs> 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 and 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 I was like, oh, "Oh my god! I think I just broke through the gas pipe. Let's get <laughs> let's get the hell out of here." So we just we just walked out immediately. Yeah. Um, uh, we gr- I don't know. We grabbed a couple of things in our panic, like not knowing what to do, but we just got the hell out of there. Yeah. And it was um, it was July Fourth weekend, yeah. so yeah. the super was not there. The management office was closed early, so plumber is gone. Yeah, and, and we ca- we called yeah. the management office, and we're like, we need help with the plumber or something, or the super, and they just they weren't really helping. So the you know we immediately called nine one one. Firefighters came. Um, and they're just, they're asking, where's the plumber? Because so, so they, they took, they went up to our apartment um, and simultaneously some other firefighters were trying to find the plumber so that they can shut off the valve, um, not for the apartment, but at least the, the, the column. So if we were in 4M, four, four it was all the M lines, one through mm-hmm. floors one through six on the M line. Um, because they didn't want to shut off the gas for the whole building, as that would take at least a week to... Mm-hmm turn back on since they would have to go oh, through every yeah. single apartment. Yeah. Um, and right before they were about to shut it off at the whole building because they couldn't find the plumber, they were, you know, we got, we got very lucky because this would all cost us money at the mm-hmm. end. <laughs> uh, so they found the plumber and the building plumber and he was able to get them into the room to shut off the M line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and after, after a couple of minutes, maybe like 20 minutes, I'll never forget. Um, one of the head firefighters came down to kind of like brief us on like the situation. I asked him, I asked him how to, how was it going? And he said, well, everything is fine. You guys can go upstairs and clean up now. And I'm like, <laughs> clean what up? And he's like, well, we had to tear through the wall. You guys have a giant hole in your apartment. <laughs> yeah. They, they want, they just hacked away at the wall with an ax. Yeah. Huge, tied up huge the pipe. hole. Huge yeah. hole. Oh, no. yeah. So was yeah. it like either side of the pipe that they had to hack away the wall or was it just, they were just hacking Anywhere. No, the, no. They they hacked around the pipe and yeah. you know just they just needed to get to it and tie it up so that it would stop leaking. Well, stop the flow. And and so so you just moved into your to the apartment mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. like very careful on like getting the fridge in, making sure you're not scratching the floor. And <laughs> right, right. I mean, we, we 
I mean, it was also it was also just kind of our our first home together, you know, like this yeah. this new start, yeah. and and this really horrible thing happened, you know. And people were home. It was six p.m. Yeah, someone was going to start making dinner at some point, so I was panicking that you know that someone would get hurt because of this silly little mistake. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I, from, from what I understand, I got very we got very lucky that mm-hmm. me drilling through the gas pipe didn't make any sparks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah. and and Fourth of July is when everyone mm-hmm. lets off fireworks. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, it was like the third of July, but um, it was the, so, it was the weekend. So. so I did measure the the beam right, but the pipe was directly touching the beam, so it was it was just laying right next to it. And what I didn't account for was that the kitchen was on the other side mm-hmm. of the living room. Uh, yeah, which is where the which is where the stove was. Yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah. so the end of the story is uh, everything was fine and they patched up the hole actually the very, very next day. day. Yeah. Like, it was as if nothing had ever, had ever happened. And then uh, I would say maybe like two weeks later, we get a, a letter in the mail a bill, a with, bill. A detailed, <laughs> with a detailed itemized bill of services performed in the apartment. And the total was about 10 grand. And they said, <laughs> you have 10 days to pay or you face eviction. <laughs> Oh, wow. What did you do? <laughs> yeah, it was a nice welcoming We, we went to experience. go uh, negotiate. <laughs> yeah, we, knew, we were able to negotiate it down to three. Yeah, three yeah, we had to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we basically paid for like two plumbers working on 4th of July on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just a, a lot of bad at once. A lot of bad luck. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. a lot of bad luck. Yeah. One of those things where you go, oh, I just wish I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And in hindsight, it just makes a funny story, you know. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. You to, can imagine- to, to this day, I still sweat a little bit whenever Rami picks up a drill. <laughs> no, to, yeah, to this, to this day, I have not hung up any more yeah. TVs. We have TV stands. We have a TV stand now. We've had TV stands ever since. <laughs> yeah, I, I recently had a story like that where, where you know, we, we had a, a TV and then it broke. And then so we got a slightly larger TV and it just didn't fit on the TV cabinet that we had. And so I was like, ah, I'll be, it'll be fine. And I was, I switched around the legs so that they'd point in, but then it had this terrible lean forward. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's a pretty big TV. And my partner, she's like, I, I don't feel safe. That's, that's not, that's going to fall on the floor. And I'm like, no, 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 it'll be fine. And yeah, I, I've had this, the exact same thing where you go through the whole like visa mount and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, TVs. So, so, <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know um, uh, a little bit about you guys, so you run Tasteaholics, which is the website and lots of low carb recipes and everything. But um, is there, you know, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about, about you guys and uh, about, you know about the website and maybe something that people don't know about uh all of the companies that you run as well uh sure yeah uh we well we started tasteaholics back in february of oh, i think 2015, 2015 now yeah, yeah 2015 so it's been a three and a half years and um that was a time so right before that i was involved in a bitcoin startup um and actually I roped Vicky into being involved in it with me. <laughs> uh, we used to drive out to Connecticut uh, every every week for four days and stay out over there. And as that was winding down, uh, we were well. I was looking for a new project, and um, you know, and, and Vicky was thinking about what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And because I, I had recently graduated with a 
um, speech sciences and disorders bachelor's degree. Um, but after kind of experimenting with that, I realized that it's not something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So yeah. I was kind of in a really weird gray area in my life. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, so we, we kind of, we were doing keto for about six months at that point. Our, our best friend that actually introduced us, he introduced us to keto. He was pushing us into it. He's like, you guys know nothing about nutrition. Mm-hmm. You have to research this and look it up. <laughs> um, after a few weeks, I think Vicky caved and so first. Did. <laughs> yeah, and so we did. Yeah, Vicky, Vicky caved first. Yeah. Um, then I followed suit, and uh, we we came up with the name and decided we're just gonna at least do this website to show people what it is we eat because a lot of people didn't understand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how can we not eat carbs? Right? Yeah, and, they would always ask us, but, but what do you eat? If you don't <laughs> eat potatoes left? or pasta or sugar. What's left? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. And bread. How do you mm-hmm. not eat bread? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, um, and, and well, we were eating really now. well too. I, we were eating better than we ever had had in our lives. Yeah. I mean, quality of food. Um, so we decided to show people. You know, absolutely. We felt great, and mm-hmm. that was one thing that nobody can really see from the outside. You know, um, it's it's very difficult to explain. So we yeah we started Tastaholics and, we, and um, slowly but surely it grew, and we I guess we we kind of continued as we continue growing it over the years um we realized we want to do a little bit more um and you know one of the, th- the things that we're doing now is uh, so nourished which is our uh low-cup product physical product company and, and we sell currently we sell um a few different sweeteners uh, from erythritol to monk fruit um and this is all on amazon uh, we also have a, a vegetable spiralizer and some ketone strips and we're currently work, have a couple of products in the works um, that we're testing and kind of refining and trying to get out, hopefully by before uh, 2019. Um, and 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 the whole, I guess, the whole concept behind So Nourished is that it's more about um, having bringing more options to the table for uh, people that are on low, on a low carb diet, especially keto basics, things that are important and help um, new new dieters. Uh, for example, the ketone strips, you know, experienced dieters don't really use them too much, but people that are new to keto, you know, they want some kind of uh, confirmation that they're doing this right. And mm-hmm. ketone strips are critical because you're just eating fat, you know, uh, and you're cutting out the carbs. How do you know, are you in ketosis yet? Uh, are you eating too many carbs, too few mm-hmm. carbs? And for some people that, that um, color change really motivates them. You know, it doesn't work for a hundred percent of people, but for the people that it works for, they, it helps them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and vegetable spiralizers are good because you can take a zucchini, for example, and, you know, mix, make noodles out of it. Zoodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, mix mix so, it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of replaces spaghetti for a little while. Um, the sweeteners are, are great to replace obviously sugar. Uh, you can make, you can still make desserts and, mm-hmm. um, kind of keep on the same lifestyle uh but as you transition into a lifestyle that really doesn't um revolve around desserts and you know rewarding yourself with with sweets but it's it's a good um buffer basically yeah yeah. the ketone strips like what you were saying before like i remember when i first started on the ketogenic diet those um and you know for for most people it actually takes quite a while to to show that you're in ketosis 
And it's really motivating, as you said before, to actually have something tangible to go, Mm -hmm. yes, I am in ketosis. This is what I did to make sure that I was in ketosis. And then you can sort of check for a few weeks after that. Like if you're just, if you're listening and you're just starting the ketogenic diet, um, those, those strips are definitely important to start with because, uh, you don't know, uh, whether your body's actually in ketosis or not. You might be eating 20 grams of carbs or less and that's fine and you will eventually get there. But if you have a certain, if you can tangibly put a, you know, a color to a certain feeling that you get, then it's really important to to be able to understand what that feels like, you know, because re- I remember when I was first in ketosis, I was like, I feel strange and I, you know, the, the, stick, the sticks would show nothing and I'm like, oh, no. And it took me like two and a half weeks to mm-hmm. get into ketosis and, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's and that's different for everyone. Some people can get in in three days, but um, it's really nice to have those sticks to be able to show that you are in ketosis and that is the feeling that you want to be aiming for. And then so eventually like what happens is the the sticks will eventually stop working because your body understands how to use the ketones. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, at, 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 at first, like you can use them for the first six months and they're awesome and they're really, really handy. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to add that because a lot of people go, ah, ketone sticks, whatever. But I'm like, mm-hmm. no, they're actually really important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, that's, that's the whole purpose of so nourished, you know, the, the keto basics, I would like to say mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. kind of the, yeah. And we're, we're, uh, exclusively keto company, I would say like we, you know, we're not a kind of like a, a overall health or health company. We really specialize in keto products. Yeah. We're proud. We're keto and proud. Yeah. 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 I remember reading, um, so uh, you would do some some blog posts about the website that you were doing. And I remember reading that you were really interested in actually, uh, you know, moving the low-carb space forward and going in and creating these products and, uh, you know, creating the website and the recipe books. You're really making it easy for a lot of people um, to, to sim- just simply get started. Uh, and get started in in the right sort of way. So so, but for you guys, what what was the motivation? I know you said um, your best friend was was really motivating you to start the ketogenic diet. But what what actually was the tipping point for you to say, okay, we actually need to start looking at our diet. There's something that w- there's something that we're not doing right here, and maybe that we're not feeling the best, or you know, we're we're stressed out and we don't know too much about nutrition at the moment. What what was that tipping point for you to say? okay, let's start a website and let's, uh, well, I guess like more so when you started a low-carb diet, what was the tipping point for that? Well, like Rami said, we were traveling to Connecticut every week for the majority of the week. And when we were there, um, we had kind of, you know, desk jobs. We were sitting 100% of the time, so we weren't active at all. And um we stayed in hotels, so we didn't have a kitchen. We had to order food three times a day. And Connecticut is not known for its fine cuisine. No, <laughs> no, no. We, I mean, and you know, we would also order from like, what did they have there? Pizza Hut. Yeah. What? I just, it was just all changed. We ate, we ate very poorly, and yeah. our health started suffering from that. Um, we were always kind of groggy, sleepy. Um, you know, kind of like energy, stomach, yeah. stomach issues, you know, uh, I think we were both breaking out at some point on our faces. It was, it just overall didn't feel great. Um, 
on top of that, when we would come home for the weekends, our refrigerator would be completely empty because we're gone most of the week. So guess what? We had to order food back home Mm -hmm. as well, um, which isn't um, a good combination. So I think I started the keto diet because of our friend who, who lost a lot of weight and kept it off and continued the diet even after he had his weight loss because he kept saying how good it feels and how great, um, you know, his mind is, his clarity, his sleep, his, his mood. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I decided to give it a try because neither of us had a significant amount of weight to lose, but you know, there's always room for improvement. And I think it's that whole idea of feeling better and being a better version of yourself that pushed me to start it. Uh, and Rami followed suit like shortly after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely wanted to try it. I think I was at my heaviest at that point, actually. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, I wasn't that heavy, but I wasn't, I'm, I was brought up in a more, um, I guess, athletic like active lifestyle. Environment, yeah. yeah. Active environment. I was always athletic. I played a lot of sports and, um, to, to be getting a little bit older and have no time for, you know, any physical activity and just start gaining weight was very counter what I've known my whole life. <clears throat> and I definitely didn't feel good at that point. And I also felt like I need to make some kind of change and mm-hmm. let me give this a try. Maybe, maybe our friend is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Was the, was the initial reaction <clears throat> when you, when you were, you know, having those desk jobs, was the initial reaction to say, oh, okay, we just need to go to the gym. <clears throat> and so was there any part of it where you thought that exercise was definitely the problem or did you understand that it was the nutrition that was, um, event, you know, just causing those little bits of weight gain that's slowly creeping up and you're not feeling okay with yourself? Um, did you try and exercise it off to start with or was that something that never really I, crossed your mind? I, I think so. I think we started saying <clears throat> staying at the Ramada Hotel because it had a gym mm-hmm. that we could use. Mm-hmm. So we, we started trying to incorporate exercise, but... I think we were doing both. I think we understood. I, I, if I remember correctly, I remember knowing that... You acknowledge that it's food and exercise. Yeah, but, it's both. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at, at the time, we I don't think we could change our diet working mm-hmm. in, uh, working in Connecticut. So the first thing we tried was exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but eventually we understood that it's, it's more calories in mm-hmm. and calories mm-hmm. out. And of course, what and quality know, what of calories food, are made of what you're eating, what you're eating. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more that than the gym, the gym is a, is a bonus. And of course it'll take you even farther, but without the proper nutrition, mm-hmm. you won't get very far. You can work yeah. out as much a- as you want. are made in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so they, so they say, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely agree, even even though I don't have abs. But no, yes, neither I, do I. I've yet to find mine, but I'm working towards yeah. it. <laughs> I keep digging. Um, so, uh, in in the early stages of Tasteaholics, um, what what was it that you that made you sort of go full time on on the website and and know that that was going to be the right thing to do? Because from my understanding, uh, you know, from when you were uh, living and well, I guess living in New York and then working in Connecticut and then driving back and forth and eventually the um, you know the work sort of stopped in Connecticut and you started focusing more on the website. What was the point where you said, okay, this is we're gonna you know head head down, we're gonna give a hundred percent to this website. Was there anything that you were like, oh, okay, this might be interesting, or was it purely a passion project that you wanted to put a hundred percent of your effort into? Um, so it kind of started. I think we started Tasteaholics at uh, right around the time 
Connecticut ended. So it wasn't based on that at all. It was just um, we had some money saved up from from Connecticut, and we were both home and we were working on it. And uh, we hit we, we we sat down and we kind of went over everything that we were doing and our current income point, which was like four or five hundred dollars a month or something. Mm-hmm. And you know we were like, what do we need to do to get it to three thousand dollars a month, which was enough to pretty much pay our rent and food. And that's it, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, just so we can be home and continue working on it uh, where we, you know, from that point on, we, we know we can grow it a little bit more mm-hmm. and, and then have some extra money and stuff. But um, that was probably, I think, um, five or six months in. And we, that's when we, that's when five or six months in is when we sat down and we kind of went over that. And uh, I would say it took another, close to another year before we hit that goal. So we were mm-hmm. maybe like 15 to 18 months in. That's that's when we finally hit our goal. And uh, we were able to both stay, stay home and work on it. Even if it's, you know, because I, I always felt that I'd rather spend 16 hours a day on my own company or project than 8 to 12 hours on somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, f- obviously it's your own thing. It's, it's your own, it's your own baby, you know, you, and, and it doesn't feel like work when you're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so there was a certain turning point, but it did come a little bit later. It took a little while. Um, so I guess, I guess that would be the answer, you know, maybe it's 15 to 18 months in. that's when it was, uh, it was, it was, <laughs> we were able to, to just barely scrape by for the next, I think three, three to four months before we were able to increase our income uh, a little bit again. I think that point came when January came around and mm-hmm. we, re- we realized diet, that diet season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That really helped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, diet season was, was yeah. the time. And, and that motivated us to keep going. You know, when we <clears throat> were able to get close to our goal, um, it kind of gave us the, the confidence or motivation to keep going, to keep working at it, that this isn't just a side project to show our friends and family what we eat. <clears throat> it's more, you know, we can turn this into a business, we can turn this into something big where we can help people um, and sustain, you know, ourselves while we're at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because when you start taking something like, uh, you know, uh, nutrition and cooking and, <clears throat> and doing the business on the side as well, it really starts to <laughs> take over your life, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and what I find is that um, for me, because uh, I work, uh, by myself on on my website, but was it a really big help to have both of you working on it at the same time, both doing the same kind of uh, diet and both really working towards <clears throat> that goal together? Is that is that something that really motivated you as well? A hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, we yeah. were so, so a big a big thing about uh, succeeding in a diet, or I guess with a lifestyle shift, you know what we prefer to call this, um, is to have many anchors that'll bring you back even if you fall mm-hmm. off the wagon, right? Mm-hmm. Even if like you Like an accountability buddy, essentially. Yeah, so if you have, so one of the anchors is an accountability buddy. Not everybody has one. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody's fortunate enough, but um, you know, that's that's pretty important because when the other person, if you do, if you are living with someone else, when the other person uh, is doing it too, they can always help pull you out of, you know, a little, uh, rut or a, or a weak moment, you know, if you want to cheat or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and vice versa of course you can help them out as well um in addition to that if if you're living with someone and they're on the same diet then you know you won't have a refrigerator or cupboards <laughs> filled filled with stuff you can't eat yeah, right it makes things a lot easier yeah yeah so if you if you don't have things at home that'll push you to cheat uh then you know it's it's 100 times easier mm-hmm. and, on the business, alone, and on the business side of it we both bring very different things to the table uh but because we've been living together mm-hmm. and you know we we've been in this relationship we know how to work together so you know i like i think i'm more the creative side and mm-hmm. rami's way more of like the technical side and when we come together we i don't know i think we make very yeah. beautiful things yeah yeah uh, like when i i remember sending one of the um the cookbook covers to my to my recent updated book and um and i had this wacky font on the front mm-hmm. and i sent it to you guys and you're like is that just a working cover and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> it's so hard you know when you're like doing something by yourself and you just you put something together and you look at it and you're like yeah that looks good but uh, uh, unfortunately, you've just looked at a whole bunch of other wacky fonts as, at the same time, you know, <laughs> and yeah. you don't have that third person to. And and a, a, that's a really interesting uh, point that you were saying before about when you're on, when you're doing the lifestyle change and you have that uh, accountability buddy. Um, and and so, do you have any other? Um, uh, I guess what are those other anchor points for you guys when you're t- really trying to uh, hone in on on being a better version of yourself? Uh, uh, as long as you're both together, like what happens when you go out for dinner or what happens if you were to um, go around to your family's place or do you sort of still do that at the same time? Um, well, now these days, you know, we, we don't really need to agree or talk to talk to each other about, about you know, are we going to avoid this? Are we going to avoid mm-hmm. that? Um, we kind of have, you know, an understanding it's been many years. Um back when we were starting out, it would, you know, we would have to be like, all right, if I'm looking at the potatoes or something, if I'm, you know, if I'm really eyeing one of those non keto things, you have to pull me away. If I'm, um, you know, if I'm going weak for the dessert, (laughs) you have to pull me out of there, you know, just, just stop me. Uh, so that really helps, uh, having both of us in social events, you know, and outings and, um, also, in the beginning, it helps not to not to drink a lot. You know, if you if you like to drink, it weakens your resolve. And, you know, weakens your willpower. So, so reducing certain things, especially in the beginning, is important. Um, I mean, we got we got very we're lucky with this. We're very fortunate that we have a business built around keto. So, you know, even if we cheat, we're gonna come right back to it because that's what we do every single day. Mm-hmm. You know. We, we're working on the blog we're working we're preparing all these dishes mm-hmm. we've made this a, a part of our lives so yeah there's there's yeah. no going back yeah. it's a great thing to make part of your life you know yeah a healthy, healthy diet exactly and i i think a lot of people can um you know if you're not running a business and if you're listening to this and you want that accountability you can also do, you know start an instagram account mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people do this where they start an account and they just start posting the food and posting the food is accountability in, in itself and, you know, eventually you meet people and then you start realizing that, you know, it's the right thing to do or, you know, a, a, in contrast, it may not be the right thing to do and you found that you've uh, really not got the results that you were looking for. But most of the time people starting Instagram accounts are, are, are just such a fantastic way to keep accountability. And I and I have the exact same feeling when you go through and you create a website 
you know, you you eventually have to make all these meals. You're making recipes for the website, so why not eat them as well? You know, <laughs> that it wouldn't make sense to be doing this this double life in the background. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that no, takes a lot more effort, actually. You know? Yeah, no. The the Instagram is a really good point um, because you always need new content. You know, if I started an Instagram account for the keto food that I make and I kind of neglected it, it wouldn't really go anywhere. It wouldn't really make me feel good. So by having to post and having to kind of like entertain the followers that you, you do gain, you, you motivate yourself to make new food or find new food, you know, in restaurants because mm-hmm. you need more content. You know, it's a, it's a great little project. I think starting a Instagram account for a new diet or a lifestyle change. Mm. Yeah. And I think, um, Oh, you know, it, it's like having having that Instagram account can really help uh, create a community around what you're doing as well. Even if you're not, even if you don't have that uh, community at home. So if you're mm-hmm. not living, like if your family doesn't do keto or whatever it is, um, you can still have that community on 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 Instagram. And I I know there's plenty of Instagrammers out there who who love to create communities um, and would happily answer questions and whatnot. So yeah, if you're absolutely. Yeah. Podcast, then. Instagram is one of the more friendlier mm-hmm. social media platforms I've found. And you can also join uh, Reddit. You know the yeah keto, Reddit, keto Reddit is, a, is a great yeah. one. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so there are a lot of, so joining communities and forums is another anchor point. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, especially be, great if you don't have that other person at home following your same lifestyle or yeah. following a, the complete opposite lifestyle, maybe a hard, high carb diet. It yeah. makes things very difficult, but finding a community of like-minded people mm-hmm. would be really beneficial, especially in the beginning. On, and, and getting rid of um, all that, all that food that you can't eat from your house, from your refrigerator and your mm-hmm. cupboards and everything getting rid of all those uh, carby foods that you just shouldn't be eating is another anchor point because you know you're home you get hungry you look around and all you can find is keto stuff mm-hmm. and then you're fine you know you're, you'll eat it yeah. replace and, the high carb stuff with the keto friendly foods yeah, you know? yeah. keto snacks I'm a, I'm a huge snacker if i don't have snacks in the house it's a problem <laughs> so, I make, <laughs> so i make sure like the, the our pantry is always stuffed with keto snacks because you know if I really do need to feel like I'm cheating, it's it's really not cheating because all of the foods that we have currently they're completely keto friendly. So mm-hmm. I know I'm safe. Yeah, yeah, that that is a good idea. And I remember talking to I think it was um, uh, Scott from the Keto Dad. He he said he keeps uh, when he travels with him, so he takes a bag and he'll stuff it full of keto snacks, mm-hmm. so that when he's traveling, he doesn't get um, I guess uh, prompted to go to a cafe and get get a muffin or whatever it is like he's yeah. already got all the food that he needs but i guess in contrast as well you know if you uh for someone who lives uh with their family who aren't doing keto and and they don't have access to just eliminating all the foods in their house i guess it's um you know willpower is a is a funny thing and you have to sort of overcome it at some stage and and so treating like if you can battle the the food choices at home then you can you've won you know <laughs> you don't have to make uh, any more decisions outside of the home because you've already you know you've already fixed that mindset um so i guess like you know for anyone who who is out there who's listening who also uh, just can't remove all of the food from their from their house then i think um dealing with the mindset uh, shift is is a good way to to approach that as well but yes it is very dangerous in some points because you do have weak points and uh it, you know inevitably those slip-ups will happen but i mean like for you guys um the the 
the the idea behind your current recipe books is uh making things simple and and i guess for people just starting out on the ketogenic diet and even people who uh keep going and make it a successful diet for themselves uh they they make it simple and they make things really easy so what was 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 simplicity a problem um for you when you first started the ketogenic diet and i guess like uh, what was the idea into starting the Keto and Five, the the portfolio and the multiple recipe books that you've got now? Yeah, so so in the beginning, um, we we did our research and we kind of dove into this whole world, um, and we noticed that a lot of the recipes that we did find were not really geared towards beginners. They had really complicated ingredients, like maybe xanthan gum or psyllium husk, which. Mm-hmm. You know, we're familiar with today, but, you know. I think we still haven't used it ever. What? Psyllium husk. Oh, yeah. We've actually never used <laughs> psyllium husk ourselves. Yeah. Um, but, that's, but that's kind of the point. You know, when you're starting keto, you don't need these crazy ingredients. You don't need anything specialized. What you need is to get rid of the carbs and learn how to make your favorite foods in a more keto way. Um, so when we were looking back on our first couple of months on keto, we were really wondering why there wasn't a collection of kind of really simple staple keto recipes that we can refer to. So um, the idea started that let's do something um, really basic, but not overly boring, you know, not just like a piece of chicken with a vegetable, but like um, just delicious keto recipes using only five simple ingredients, ingredients that you don't necessarily have to go to the store for like xanthan gum or something really basic whole ingredients. Yeah. Um, well, vegetables, meats. Yeah. For the, yeah. For, for the most part, you know, it's vegetables and meats. Um, yeah. But we've got some fancy stuff in there, like yeah. pizza express, you know? Yeah. yeah. But that's still, you know, cheese, dairy, right? Cheese. Yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, to kick it up a notch, I think we decided, well, let's challenge ourselves and appeal to even more people by having every single recipe be up to five net carbs. So that I think uh, the idea we came up with was they can choose the recipe from all four books and still be under 25 net carbs for the whole day, mm-hmm. which yeah, we so thought so was a huge breakfast, selling point. Breakfast through dessert. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and, and we also, we did our research, we did our market research. Uh, we checked out other uh, products of other bloggers and other websites. And uh, what we found was it was just, way too much information, uh, too many ingredients. It was, if I was starting keto, it was overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. If I went and bought one of these products, I would probably have quit keto. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been like, I have to do all of this. Like, and and they they provide so much nutritional information. It's just, it's, it makes your head spin, you know? And when you're some doing something new, you really need the smallest amount of information that'll just get you by. And, you know, the simplest thing, the simplest recipes, ideally ingredients that you don't even need to go to the store for. Mm -hmm. You can just open your refrigerator. Oh, I have this already. In most cases, right? Uh, Dessert is a little bit of a, was a different challenge because we needed to use uh, erythritol and stevia. Yeah. But dessert Um, is not, you know, necessary every single day. So that's, that's where we got to get a little more creative. Yeah. So that was the outlier, but, but otherwise everything, (laughs) um, is generally either already found in your refrigerator or you just, you commonly purchase it. Um, and that was, you know, that was the biggest challenge that we wanted to set, but just to make sure that we provide true value to our, to our customers. 
um, and especially to keto beginners, because this is primarily who it's uh, geared for. I mean, again, we we did gear it for um, not beginners as well. We Mm -hmm. wanted to just make sure that if you make a bunch of these recipes, we wanted you to have at least a couple of staple takeaways, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. of things that just become a part of your day-to-day life that you make a couple of times a week and it just makes things easier. Mm -hmm. You you save time, you save money, you save thought process. You know, Mm -hmm. you you don't need to um, struggle with figuring out what is it you're going to eat, what, how are you going to make it, how long is this going to take? It just makes your life a lot easier. That was the, that was the value that we were trying to bring to our customers. Mm, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, as you said, those staple foods, uh, what you go back to each week and each, you know, every single day sort of thing. Um, and a lot of people get really caught up in making the replacements. So making the keto bread and making mm-hmm. the chocolate chip cookies and whatever it is. And, and they, and, you know, those are great and they're fantastic. But to live a, a, a really healthy, nutritious life, it definitely comes down to eating whole foods. And so, and, and, and it's just what you eat most days and it's what's cheapest. Uh, so if you're eating eggs or if you're eating steak or if you're eating, you know, a, a, a protein with veggies and, and added fats and things like that, those are the staples that you end up coming back to. So, um, in, you know, with those, the, the keto and five, so you've got the breakfast, the lunch, the dinner and the desserts. And I guess, as you said before, the dirt, the, you don't have to have desserts every single night and it's not something that you need to have. But, um, you know, th- those recipes were there's a huge amount of recipes in all of those books. Was there, were there any that you really, really struggled with and that were um, failures that turned into successes later that you were able to, you know, uh, take a, a, a recipe and just pare it down to its absolute necessities? Uh, were there ones that worked really well and then were there ones that were just so difficult that you <laughs> ended up eliminating from the entire thing as well? There were definitely um, a good amount in, in the dessert book. Mm-hmm, Those mm-hmm. were the most complex. Yeah. Um, and we... Well, that's baking. Baking is uh, yeah. is like, a, it's a form exactly. of chemistry. So exactly. it, Figuring my nature it is very complex. So we knew that that book would be a, more of a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Vicky is more, much more experienced in, in cooking and baking than I am. And I would forget to calculate the, the macros sometimes mm-hmm, yeah so i would i would come Ra- up with the Rami's recipe. a go-getter and he's creative in his in his own way <laughs> so i would walk in and he'd be working on two to three desserts and i'd look at it and i'd say did you measure out those strawberries that's no, a whole lot of strawberries it's not even, i would measure them <laughs> that you're throwing in there i would measure them but after i would make it and it was a yeah, successful yeah. recipe like great and then i had to calculate the macros yeah which i should have done before making the recipe and now it comes out to like 10 carbs and, you know, mm-hmm. just everything's just totally out of whack. And I mm-hmm. have to a few re- of them we were able to, <laughs> to use for Tastaholics or for, for other projects. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for the majority of them, I think we would have to go back to the drawing board. And I would kind of like refine his recipe and his ideal a little further. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's, as you said before, it, uh, getting those delicious foods and making them simple. Um, was that sort of the idea behind the name Tasteaholics? Because you didn't want something, you didn't want to start a diet if it wasn't going to be something that you could sustain, mm-hmm. you know, inevitably. Mm-hmm. It di- and, and, and I guess the whole idea is that you want it to be uh, tasty food. You don't want it to just be mundane, diet, mm-hmm. boring food. Was that sort of the idea behind the name? 
Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, there we was wanted to keep it um, neutral, neutral, a little bit broad, you know, kind of all encompassing. Like we so, make good food. <laughs> yeah. So, so when we start, when we came up with it, uh, we were still, we were six months into keto, and I think we were. We actually started with a paleo section also. Mm-hmm. Paleo and gluten-free. And Those gluten-free. were our kind of three main uh, categories. Right. And in other words, we we weren't thinking that we were going to be pure keto, but that evolved over time. And we were like, mm-hmm. forget paleo, forget mm-hmm. gluten-free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, glu- we're, we're kind of, keto is kind of built in to be gluten-free. We're gluten-free by default, part. but we don't. Yeah, that that's not a you know deal breaker for us if something has gluten in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in general, it is gluten free for the mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. It mm-hmm. is. Um, so so we kind of didn't know one hundred percent, and and also what if research came out and we were completely wrong and we're like maybe we'll need to shift <laughs> yeah. from keto pivot, to something yeah. else. Pivot, yeah. So so taste the was actually neutral in that sense. It is a good name because, as as you said, if you if if there was something that did come up later down the track and you go, oh damn, like I mean, yeah. having keto in the name mm-hmm. is, uh, is is pretty ambitious. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I I I, I really uh, it's it's awesome to hear the the starting points of of things like this because you know now it's such a a, a big project and uh, you have so many people uh, working on the website too, which is which is fantastic, but. Um, you know, you, you've started branching out into the physical products now. And so you were saying before, you know, um, there's the erythritols and the monk fruit and the, the zoodles, you know, the zucchini spiralizer, which is awesome, by the way. That zucchini spiralizer is so sharp. And I've used it in <laughs> so many product videos now because I'm just like, I, d- I don't need any other ones. It's great. Oh, <laughs> and that's it's awesome. Just, yeah, zucchini. Yeah, anyway. Um, and so if you haven't got one, go and get one of those because they're fantastic. <laughs> but, um, the, you know, creating digital products and creating, I guess, you know, like physical recipe books are one thing, but then you have creating physical products in themselves. Uh, and I, and I can imagine that's like just a whole different ball game in terms of, um, the way you think about someone who wants to start the ketogenic diet and, and the way you think about, uh, you know, moving moving into a certain space like Amazon or whatever it is. W- were there things that you learned about the the keto industry when you did move into those physical products, or was it relatively the same as doing the, the cookbooks? Um, well, yeah, yeah. The low carb industry is based on the product selection. It's just getting started. Um, there, there are really not that many companies out there, not that many products out there. Um, sometimes you might see a product that is kind of keto, like uh, enlightened ice cream, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. And they are, but they aren't. You know, they're not full fat. They are actually against fat, mm-hmm. um, and they're so, not sugar free. But it's a step in the right direction. They're low sugar. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so their net carb count is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, it's not a ketogenic company. So there are a lot of products that are on the way but they're not quite ketogenic they're not truly low carb well i think like aaron said it would be a very bold move to call right. yourself keto ice cream you know yeah well you don't have to be keto ice cream you could just be a full fat in favor of full mm-hmm. fat for example um so a lot of products are starting slowly to show up um is something else that we noticed but it is it is a bit slow right now uh but the keto industry is just it's just massively growing i think mm-hmm. when we first started the term keto diet was searched on Google uh, 300,000 times a month. 
And today, three years later, it's being searched, I think, four and a half million times a month. So it's, wow. it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. more than 10 times, it's 15 times larger, right? Um, and everybody's starting to catch on, obviously, uh, slowly but surely. Celebrity endorsements are rolling in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Kim Kardashian, right? Halle Berry, <laughs> Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I love reading about that. That's that's great. It's yeah. great that they're kind of like a... Absolutely. We're getting exposure. Yeah. Keto, keto diet. And, and so there's a lot of opportunity to create new and interesting products uh, because there aren't a lot out there, right? There's, there's a lot of space to do something unique and new. Um, and it's a really good time to be in keto. And um, well, what's also good is we're finally seeing companies avoid, uh, for example, maltosol is mm-hmm. the other sugar alcohol that, uh, that all the Atkins products, they all use maltosol. Um, all the sugar-free candies you might see. You might yeah, the Russell Stover chocolates, that's yeah. Yeah, the main ingredient is just maltitol. Yeah, they all use maltitol. Um, but we're starting to see erythritol being used in, in foods and, and, and drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of companies going full fat and not being worried that you know there won't be a real market for their products. It's a shift to less processed foods, more whole ingredients in, in these. While they are packaged products, they're packaged with a little more care and thought into what went into them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so as we're, you know, as we're getting into this, uh, low, uh, physical product realm, um, we're also doing our market research. We're trying to see what's acceptable, uh, by the, by, I guess, other keto dieters. Um, you know, like we, we actually had a big questionnaire feedback form about, um, what people were missing the most. And, you know, we were just doing a little bit of market research, what they were missing the most and uh, what they considered an acceptable ingredient. You know, if here's a common, common question, or just a question that I constantly have in my mind, if a product has starch in it, but per serving, it's less than five grams of net carbs. Is it a ketogenic product? Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that's a question. The real, in my opinion, the real answer is it is because as long as it's a low carb product, it's full fat. Um, you know, the ingredients are are are, are quality quality ingredients. It's still a ketogenic product because the whole point of a ketogenic diet is to get you into ketosis, so that you're burning fat instead of carbs. That's the definition of a ketogenic diet. So as long as you're eating this and you're not being kicked out of ketosis. It is a ketogenic friendly product. However, people are, a lot of people are against products like starch. Well, some right? people try to avoid sugar entirely. So, yeah. so, so a lot of people won't eat enlightened ice cream, for example, even though it is, it, even if it is, let's say three net carbs per serving, mm-hmm. they'll avoid it entirely because they're trying to avoid sugar. So yeah. there's, there, there are two schools of thought, I guess. For yeah, that so, question. so, so whether or not my opinion you know, is that mm-hmm. starch is okay or it's sugar is okay as long as it keeps you in ketosis. You know, it doesn't matter what my opinion is. It matters what the market's opinion mm-hmm. is in yeah. this case, you know, um, especially when you roll out a product and you spend a lot of money researching it and and then um, just getting a large quantity of it, shipping it over to Amazon and then getting hit with a bunch of two stars. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> one star <laughs> is not keto. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so that's something we try to we're trying to mitigate before it happens, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that the feedback form is one of the ways to do that, of course. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, because I um I was talking to uh, Martina who does the keto diet app, and she was saying the same thing, you know. Uh, she wants an entire app created for her own so that she can <laughs> do the, uh, you know, do all the things that she needs to do. And then, you know, the consumers can have their, their app as well. And, and for those things, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense for you to actually, uh, I guess, add things into a product or add things into uh, an app or whatever it is that, that suit your needs because sometimes, that can overcomplicate things, and sometimes that can—that's uh, not just what people want. Um, so I thought that was an interesting concept as well. And and uh, you know, we were talking before about the malatol in uh, Atkins product. Uh, can you can you like for people who don't know, what's the what's the difference between something like malatol and then something like erythritol? Um, well, erythritol is actually pretty much zero calories. Zero um, calories, zero on the glycemic index. So yes. the, the first so, thing to note is while maltitol is not a sugar, it's it, it can and does spike insulin in a lot of people. Because yeah. I think on the glycemic index scale, let's yeah. I want to say it's about 30. So yeah, mm. that if, if erythritol is zero on the glycemic index and zero on uh, in terms of calories per mm-hmm. gram, maltitol uh, has about it's like 2.1 calories per gram and um 52 on the glycemic index scale is it is it that high we're like quick, quickly fact checking ourselves <laughs> or 35 35 35 35 okay so about 35 or 50 i don't know 35 to 52 let's say yeah um well, the um, powdered form has a glycemic index of mm-hmm. 35 right so mm-hmm. 35 um, in other words, it actually still spikes your blood sugar. Yeah. Um, and that defeats the whole purpose of the keto diet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of these companies, the, the main ingredient, the first ingredient is maltitol or maltitol syrup or whatever they're calling it. Yeah. And the amount of maltitol that you end up eating actually causes, in a lot of people, gastric distress. Um, you're going to be running to the bathroom in about 10 minutes mm-hmm. after enjoying Loading, like, that, that, that sugar-free dessert. Yeah. yeah. I mean, erythritol could do that to you too, but in even much larger quantities. Yeah. So yeah. erythritol is much gentler on the, on the digestive system. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it's basically all that we use. It's our exclusive sweetener in our day-to-day life. Well, now, now it's, now we use the monk fruit. We are experimenting combo. with monk fruit. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, the what, next we, one. what we what but we is blended with erythritol. You know, yeah, it's mainly well, erythritol. that's yeah, that's the other the newer sweetener that we have. It's the monk fruit mm-hmm. and erythritol. So monk fruit itself actually is um, from the skin of a monk fruit. It's a Southeast Asian fruit, and the skin itself uh, can be uh, dried out and ground, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it comes out to two to three hundred times as sweet as sugar. So it's extremely sweet. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's similar to stevia. It's it's similar to stevia. Yeah, yeah. stevia I know is is really common sweetener. Yeah, Lung fruit is more similar to the stevia. And erythritol is actually a little bit less sweet than sugar. It's about seventy percent as sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have a cup of sugar, you need a cup and a third cup of erythritol. So you need a little bit more. But when you mix monk fruit and erythritol and the right amounts and get that one-to-one in terms of sweetness as sugar uh this this is great because first of all when you're making recipes 
you don't need to recalculate There's anything. No conversions There's no conversions. There's no conversions. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's one to one. Monk fruit also actually has a much more similar taste to sugar. Mm-hmm. So while a lot of people say erythritol has a little bit of a cooling sensation, um, when you throw monk fruit into the mix, it actually reduces the erythritol needed. The monk fruit itself has a <clears throat> little more sugary, fruitier yeah. aftertaste. Yeah, very similar to to regular sugar. And, and this way, and, and also by reducing the erythritol in the in the mix, um, you reduce the chance of getting that sugar alcohol, um, you know, stomach side effects. Yeah, yeah, stomach effects, side effects. So basically, that that's why we prefer the monk fruit and the erythritol one to one to sugar um, mm. combo. Yeah, and uh, I've I've used it as well because uh, I was thankful enough to to be sent some all the way here in Australia. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it as you said before, it's really useful because um, uh, you're not doing conversions in your head when you know that there's a recipe um, that you know how to make normal, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you're trying to convert it into a keto recipe. You don't have to try and substitute it things out for the amount of uh, bitterness or whatever it is and mm-hmm. the, you know that 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 mix of um of monk, monk fruit and erythritol uh does taste very very similar to sugar because um the the cooling effect sort of gets cancelled out by the by the the monk fruit taste so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If, if anyone hasn't tried it 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 is a, a a fantastic product to experiment with because of of that you know transition and a lot of people i get this question a lot that um they say oh can i replace the amount of uh, sugar that you have or you're using erythritol there for xylitol and um and i say no because xylitol has a, a similar effect to what you were saying with malitol it's not a, a it, it's not gi zero um it's like you know gi 50 or something it's like 50, uh, I think it's maybe, um, you know, if, if table sugar has four calories per gram, then xylitol has 2.4. Mm-hmm. So so for those people who um, think that xylitol might be a good sweetener for them as well, I would look into the the effect that it has on your, um, you know, being in ketosis or even having a blood sugar reading is, is interesting as well. And for anyone who wants to check out whether any of these sweeteners um, do you know, spike their insulin levels um, and and have an elevated blood glucose response. You can always check this by doing a, a blood keto, a blood glucose reading. Mm-hmm. So if you have a ketone meter which does the blood blood readings, um, you can you can do the ketones and then you can also do a blood sugar reading with most of those devices as well. So uh, if you want to be definitive with <laughs> with the the sweetener that you use, then I would definitely try those out as well. But but erythritol has no effect on me, and I've I've seen it has no effect on other people as well. So it, it's a very safe one to use. Um, but I um. I have, uh, you know, I like to end these podcasts with a few quick questions and the, you know, some of them are quick, some of them aren't. Some of them I like to dig in a little bit deeper because that I get a strange response and I go, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> let's, let's go search it. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, th- this is probably going to be, uh, you're going to have individual uh, responses to these questions. But um, what is your favorite Low carb or keto food? You go first. Um, I love quesadillas. <laughs> loved Ooh, and still yeah. love. <laughs> yeah, loved and still love. But Rami, that's not a low carb food. <laughs> right, it's not. But I love quesadillas. So I found Mission Wraps, Mission Low Carb Wraps, which are uh, 
think six up to six mm-hmm. grams of net carbs most mostly it's all fiber um, and so I'm able to make as many quesadillas as I want you know <laughs> um, yeah yeah they're 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 amazing With yeah. some cheese some guac uh, chicken or steak jalapenos and we have this amazing uh, salsa called it's this green salsa it's called uh, Mrs. Renfro's yeah. oh, we're going to be salsa. dropping a lot of names right now yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. when we love a brand we buy them out absolutely <laughs> we buy what the whole store up Mrs. Renfro's Mrs. Renfro R-E-N-F-R-O so I, I, I think it's, it's probably only in the United States yeah. I don't oh, know if it's Mrs. Renfro's mm-hmm. and it's, it's the green it's salsa green hot yeah she she makes great salsas <laughs> jalapeno green salsa yeah she okay <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Renfro's yeah <laughs> that's Mrs. Renfro's too <laughs> Um, I, I like to keep things way more simple. Um, I really like steak. Um, I think that's a really easy, um, keto food, really like high fat, high protein. Uh, and you can, you, you can't go wrong. Um, and I like to snack on pumpkin seeds. Like if I'm watching a, a movie or a show instead of popcorn, I, I love pumpkin seeds in the shell. I eat it whole. You salted. can eat the shells. Well salted. Well salted. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, and recently we've been obsessed with this um, sugar-free chocolate hazelnut spread called Nextella, and I think the company's name is actually Next N E K S T. Yeah, Next. And they make this this sugar-free Nutella, which is absolutely amazing. I think it's better than Nutella. People don't believe me when I say that, but I (laughs) that is my opinion. I think it's better, and we buy them by the pound. Oh like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I um, they they have a similar one here in Australia, and it's called um Nutella, and it's like N U double N U double T. Anyway, it's made by the same company that does uh, a lot of sweetness here, mm-hmm. and um, but it has a lot of maltitol in it, and I was like, ah, oh, damn it! Oh, no. I don't know whether the one that you get does as well, or is it something that they've been able to replace? Well, um, I. What are the ingredients? It's crazy. Their ingredients are just like for Nextella. Yeah, Nextella. they don't use sugar alcohol at all. It's monk fruit. It's, it's monk, monk fruit, fruit right? and then uh, the the primary sweetener I think is their fiber um, blend, and I think they use tapioca tap- fiber. Tapioca fiber. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and so the net carbs for a tablespoon or no, I'm sorry, two tablespoons comes out to four net carbs. Four net carbs. Yeah. So yeah. It's Twelve grams of fiber and sixteen total carbs. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And plenty oh, of fat. Ten, and plenty of fat, of fat, yeah. Two grams of protein. Oh, um, delicious. Yeah, yeah I think we, we, we first discovered it. I remember we were in our old apartment. Uh, we were getting keto crates, and they sent a little sample of Nextel in a little one-ounce, um, just a little pack. One of those, like, peel-off. Yeah, a little peel-off oh, with yeah. the foil little pack, <laughs> and um, I just kind of dipped my finger in it. Didn't think I would, I, would, I would like it too much. I didn't think it would be better than Nutella. And I think I almost ate the entire serving when Without I realized when I realized, darn it, I have to let him try it. <laughs> um, and we were both very surprised. We we, we loved it. Uh, so we've been eating it ever since. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that, uh, all right. Uh, I wish like I don't know. It, here in Australia, it, it is hard to get those types of um, keto ingredients um, because there's just, the companies just don't shipped to australia and and companies in australia are still trying to catch on to gluten-free it's because it's because amazon 
only opened up for you guys like half a year ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's still yeah. not allowing sellers um, like us uh, to join without an invite. So it's, we, we, we were trying to get into Australia actually ourselves. Um, but you know, once until Amazon opens up the doors, we won't be able to go. And we'd love to be in Australia. Australia is as close to some of our, manufacturers so it's a lot quicker to get things to you guys you know mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully hopefully by the end of the year we'll 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 be over there too yeah fingers crossed and they just released amazon prime here in australia so <laughs> something that you guys have had for years yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay so so what is your favorite exercise hmm. um or well, most effective exercise i guess um i like hip thrusts <laughs> a lot because uh, I'm I, I'm quad dominant so most of the things I do when I work out um, the quads just kind of take over and I think a lot of people are like that the quads are easily um, activated uh, so hip thrusts mm. are something that I do when I want to target the glutes because yeah. it's it's primarily a glute exercise you like you have you have to use the glutes to to lift the barbell so I, I like to do those as, as often as I can. And so for anyone that's that's listening and, and doesn't know what a hip thrust is, is it sort of where, um, from my understanding, um, I've seen people do this at the gym now. I don't get to, to the gym it's, too often. It, but. It's a little silly looking. You're going to feel awkward, um, but it's really effective. I, I can try to like, um, it's it's where you take a barbell and you, you lay it across your hips and then you're laying on the floor or maybe on a bench or something on your back and you basically lift the barbell up using your hips, like driving it forward up to the ceiling. Um, so you're almost repeatedly. like in a, in a bridge position. It's, it almost. could be in a bridge. Yeah. Or you could be, you could, you could elevate your shoulders on a, on a bench to kind of get a deeper um, mm -hmm. like stretch. Uh, and yeah, I, I like to do it on the Smith machine, which is the, Supported, uh, yeah. It's, barbell. it's where the barbell is fixed inside the machine, and it could really only go up and down. And that kind of helps if you have kind of like a like balance issues. It, it it helps you get better form without worrying about falling over. Ah, oh, interesting. I'm gonna have to try those out, and I think it's particularly important for people who sit at a desk a lot, where their glutes are actually inactive for a mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. um, interesting, interesting. So, yeah. so, and then I guess uh, Rami, what is your favorite exercise? Uh, that's a tough question. I can't say a specific exercise, you know, because every muscle group has its own favorite exercise. Uh, but I, I, I can say that I prefer to use um, ideally free weights as much as possible, dumbbells, um, no barbells. It's just I, I like to add as much stabilization by increasing variables <laughs> uh, for, for example by using you know dumbbells instead of barbells um, so if, if people do bench press I like to do the dumbbell press um, you know and, and it's it's better in general because it forces you to use stabilizers for example in, in, in the case of a dumbbell press um, and also less weight usually because you know each hand is, is separate um, which is a little bit safer uh, I, oh and one very important thing that I that I like to do is uh, very slow reps um, with an explosive out. So, in other words, I do um, maybe a six-second negative on pretty much every exercise. Um, so, if it's if it's a dumbbell press on the way down, I'll, it'll take me six seconds to come down and then explode up back up. Uh, and and 
this is very good because negatives are another way to work the muscles. So you get to work out um, both on the up and the down. Additionally, if you try doing negatives, you'll realize that you can probably do maybe half of the weight that you would normally do. Um, and you know, this is, this is very good because you don't need to do heavier weights, which only increases risk. Of course. It's almost like working out more effectively, not just loading on the pounds yeah. or the kilos. You yeah. Know? Uh, it forces you to, it forces you to, um, well, just be safer in that sense, but also to reduce, uh, momentum completely. So mm -hmm. by going down six seconds, there's no momentum when you explode it's up. There's no, there's no pushing off your chest or, mm -hmm. it's um, more of a controlled movement. Yeah. It's all about controlling every movement and really focusing on uh, utilizing every part of the muscle that you're working out, especially in the compound exercises. Mm, mm, yeah, interesting. I I, uh, I know of a guy called Dr. Doug McGuff, and he does um, those slow up and slow down. But I guess the you're doing the slow down and then explosive up. So that's interesting. And he does all on on machines, whereas yeah. this is um, free weight. So yeah, ah, really interesting. Okay, so <laughs> so uh, exercise aside, uh, and I know we spoke about this prior to the podcast, but do you have any least favorite? low carb or keto foods um I, i'm the pickier one yeah, yeah. um <laughs> I, I i don't like certain foods but i know i've given them enough of a chance like yeah. olives yeah <laughs> <laughs> um olives. i i keep we were olives we were in greece recently and you know everyone that we were with they're like you try these these are amazing you know fresh off the tree or fresh <laughs> fresh out of the brine and I gave them a chance and I kept giving them a chance and I, I don't like olives. Yeah, no, that's totally fair enough. I, I mean, like if it's something that you've, you've tried a lot yeah, and they just yeah. don't work out for you. I, I always remember my sister would go to the shops and uh, we'd, I'd go in and maybe get a barbecue chicken and an avocado or something and she would get a jar of olives. And I was like, <laughs> are you getting anything else? And she's like, nope. <laughs> yeah no the oh people who love gosh. them really love them like yeah, i know ronnie yeah. loves them i love them yeah, yeah my whole family loves them i think yeah. well my whole yeah yeah oh you get to eat all my olives <laughs> yeah that's why we work so well together <laughs> um and 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 so you know we had the favorite exercise before but do you have a least favorite exercise is there something that just you know really you're not a big fan of um i'm not a big fan of deadlifts i would say i mean i I've, I've done a good amount of them i just i just don't i don't know the whole rubbing the bar on the knees mm -hmm, on the shins, <laughs> on the yeah. shins yeah. And it's just like a very you know there's there's definitely a lot of room for injury mm -hmm. um if you're not doing them correctly of course and doing them correctly is is if you're on a on a heavier you know weight and something slightly goes wrong you weren't fully in focus for a split second, mm -hmm. you can take your back out yeah, easily, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just, it's something that I just don't, I personally don't like too much. I mean, I've done a good amount of them. Um, what's that? What's that? I was about to say, there's a hex there, bar. Yeah. There's yeah, the a hex, hex bar, bar that you step into and you can do your deadlifts with your arms at your side instead of in front of right you, yeah. on your shins. And that I was going to say, that's the one I prefer to do if I do. Yeah. Do if, if the gym, if the gym has the hex bar that I prefer those a lot too, mm -hmm. uh, as, as well, because they, you don't need to bend forward, which reduces risk of back injury. Mm -hmm. Um, and also you don't need, you don't need to scrape your knees and shins. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> and potentially become quite injured because of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. All right. And uh, and Vicky, do you have a least favorite exercise or are you with the deadlifts? Um, so, I mean, I hate upper body day in general because <laughs> I don't have a lot of upper body strength, but I'm, I'm working on it. Um, but I, I don't like to do regular squats actually because um, I just kind of my anatomy, I think, doesn't allow me to do them properly. I kind of lean, like Rami was saying, like, like I, you lean forward too much in my case. And if I try to do them properly, I end up falling backwards. And so that, you know, that sets me up for injury, you know? Um, so I like to avoid doing squats. You have longer femurs, do, I think, right? What? You have longer femurs. What was it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, uh, so I have long legs. So it's, it's kind of feels really awkward going down. I always feel like I'm going to fall backwards. I can't go up and wait because, you know, I don't want to injure myself. So I end up doing things like leg press and the hip thrusts, you know, working on my legs in other ways that feel right. I, you know, I know I'm doing them right. And I feel lunges them, so. are good too. Lunges are great. Yeah. They're a killer, but, oh, yeah. but they're great. Lunges are a killer. They are. They are. Especially yeah. if you do enough of them the next day, you're like, Oh wow. Yeah. 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 Can't yeah. Sit, you know? yeah you can't sit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so exercise and food aside, um, do you have a book that has recently inspired you, or do you do you both have something that you've been reading currently that's really uh, just really important for someone to read? Um, Rami has a really good one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Tim Ferriss. Um, he's the guy that wrote the Four Hour Work Week, and um, I would I I want to say that we we kind of live by it, but at the same time. Oh, I definitely don't because <laughs> I'm always trying to, you know, I'm always finding projects and doing stuff and working on stuff. Um, I'm just, you know, I've, I've always been that way. But in terms of his mentality of, uh, you know, being able to free yourself up and, and give yourself a lot more time to do whatever it is you want. In that sense, I completely agree with him, you know, whether it's travel, work on other projects, pick up hobbies, whatever it is. Um, and so, his, uh, I guess, kind of new book, I think he was released another one since then, is uh, Tools of Titans. And I think I've been reading this book for probably a year. Uh, and it's basically a collection um, of interviews that he's done, whether through the podcast or just separately for the book, uh, from entrepreneurs, athletes, writers, and tons of other types of professionals. Um, and each of them gives their own input on their day-to-day um, tips, favorite things, uh, and especially books. And what happens is if I'm, I'm reading it and, and somebody that, uh, you know, uh, maybe there's an interview that I'm particularly interested in, um, you know, if, if they recommend the book, I'm probably going to order it right away and then start reading, start reading that book. And once I get through that book, I'll continue tools of Titans, get a couple of more interviews in and get another book. Um, and, and I think in the last years from just tools of Titans, I've probably re- had to pause just to read 10 or so books that were recommended uh, by some of these uh, inter- interviewees. So I would say, I would say it's a, it's a very serious rabbit hole. Um, and for just about anybody, because the, the people that are in it, um, you know, half of them don't apply to me. They're not that interesting, but they'll apply to somebody else. So it's, it's a book that has something for everybody. Hmm. That is a good book, actually. Um, I, I at first I sort of dismissed it because I knew that I'd listened to a lot of his podcasts, 
and the interviews were sort of extracts from the podcast. But what I didn't actually know is that um, the the book is laid out in a format that is very unlike the podcast. And so um, going through and reading the books and the interviews is even more inspiring, even if you know the story behind those those particular people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would totally agree. And he's, uh, he's got a another book out. It's like Mentor. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I... Yeah. I got that one as well, and it's in a similar format. But, yeah, that's a great book recommendation. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess a little bit of a rabbit hole as well if you <laughs> read the other books that, that people recommend. Absolutely. Um, so so definitely go ahead and check that one out. That's by Tim Ferriss. And all of these um, will be in the show notes of this episode as well. Um, and I, another interesting question that um, has I've only started asking recently is that, uh, you know, something that might be very – like relatively applicable to doing a keto diet or, uh, you know, trying to improve yourself by, you know, little increments at a time. And so uh, supplements can be a really helpful way to do that. And uh, are there any supplements that you're currently taking that you've found have been helpful for particular things? Um, well, I know it's something that would apply for a lot of people um, for leg cramps. Uh, in the beginning, I was taking a magnesium supplement. Since then, I started taking more of a trio for just electrolyte supplementation in general. I think it's magnesium, calcium, and a little bit of potassium. And I take that at night and it helps me fall asleep. And I know that I'm getting the electrolytes that I need. And I think Rami also has a version of magnesium that he takes, but it's a little different from mine. So yeah. he did some research on, on, on that type. So actually one of, one of the... Um reasons we got into keto was that uh, our, our friend introduced us to Peter Atia, who's a very big proponent of uh, the keto diet. Um, and in one of his talks, Peter Atia, I mean, uh, that, that's the way we started keto was we actually watched this uh, talk that uh, Peter Atia did and it went really deep into keto and, and um, really deep into the science and studying himself, experimenting on himself, experimenting with other people, just going through tons of studies. Um, anyway, the whole point is that uh, Peter Atia was actually one of the people that Tim Ferriss uh, interviewed in Tools of Titans. And in there, he mentioned that uh, what really helps is magnesium threonate. Um, and this is why I would recommend reading Tools of Titans. There are just a ton of tidbits that are really, really, really cool. And I found to be helpful, at least for me. Um, magnesium threonate is supposedly one of the better magnesiums for getting better sleep. And so I've, I've been having issues with uh, sleep for the last couple of years. I think maybe five years ago, I was diagnosed with um, sleep apnea, like the very beginning stage of it, which was level five or something like that. Once you get to like 10, you, you just don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the doctor told me that I could either get one of multiple operations, which all sounded terrible and scary. Um, or I could just kind of, you know, wait, stay in shape, uh, kind of wait a little bit. Uh, but he did say that as I get older, it's only going to get worse. And there's not much I could do about it other than the operations. Um, so lately for the last couple of years, uh, I, th- I, I've been feeling foggy throughout the day. Uh, and Vicky knows I, you know, I, I used to complain a lot about it mm-hmm. actually. Um, and, and I would just, it would just be this weight, on my, uh, like I, f- I felt like on my brain almost. 
and it felt really bad. And, and I knew it was from lack of sleep. Sometimes I get a little bit red in the eye. Um, and one of, one of my eyes, something related to the sleep, something blood vessel related. And um, so I, when I read Peter Etzia's recommendation for magnesium 3 and 8, um, I decided to, to do a little bit of research and also immediately order it on Amazon. You know, right before the research, of course. <laughs> um and so i started taking it every night and ever since i started i don't think i've really complained about lack of sleep you know unless we were you know we we were at some outing or something yeah uh but aside from that i've I've been feeling much better every night even you know i haven't changed anything else i mean i've been going to the gym and everything but i've kind of always been doing that so that's the significant no. difference you noticed after starting the yeah, magnesium. I think I, I definitely think it's the magnesium three and eight. I haven't really stopped to test it, and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that I, you know, if it's working, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to mess with it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so magnesium three and eight. So there are different types of magnesiums, and supposedly, based on what Peter Atia said, this is the best one for improving your sleep. Interesting. So if, if anyone out there has also had some sleep issues and you've been trying to take magnesium and you don't think it has helped, maybe magnesium theonate could be a potential one for you. If you speak to your doctor, um, that might be a, a, a beneficial supplement to take. Ah, interesting. Okay, so so um, I like to end these podcasts on a uh you know, a, a, a question, and sometimes it can be different for some people. But uh, since you guys are food bloggers, um, I would love to know how you make your favorite recipe and give us all the tantalizing details, all of the things that go into it, so that people can go ahead, stop the podcast, and instantly make it. And I'll put the, you know, we can link to the recipe in the show notes. Um, but for, for anyone who wants to hear how this recipe is made, take it away. So before we even get into it, I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed to say that we don't have the recipe on our site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we, use, we use somebody else's recipe, yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's a very, very simple recipe. It really only requires a slow cooker. Yeah, or so, a, or, so, so or tell them how we came upon it in terms of, you know, how we got into it, and I'll, I'll talk about how it makes so it. So what, what, what it is, is yeah. it's, a, it's a slow-cooked beef cheek. Uh, it's, a, it's a cheek of a cow, and the f- we have we even heard of it before we tasted it once no well we came upon it when on our on the last leg of a trip that we took to thailand we were in chiang mai we went to a restaurant which was not thai and it wasn't asian but it was uh this guy that that lived in wales and came to thailand to start a restaurant in a life so it was food like um english pudding or a sticky toffee pudding beef the slow roasted beef cheek tartars and we tried the beef cheek and it was completely amazing. We were floored by how it didn't even taste like steak anymore because I think technically it is a, it's a cut of beef. Mm-hmm. So it is a steak, really, really well marbled cut of meat. And it was cooked just absolutely to perfection. And I think we, we spoke to the owner. David, yeah. To, so to David. The, the restaurant's name is uh, da- David's Kitchen. And we spoke to the owner, David, who, you know, he, he went around to every single person in the restaurant and, and personally introduced himself. So. so so this place is actually rated number one on TripAdvisor for all of Asia. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it's a, it's like a 5.0 with 3,000 reviews, something yeah. crazy. Yeah, and, really, and, really amazing food. And yeah. we just, we when we came back home, that's like all we would talk about. People would ask us how Thailand was, and we were like, it was great. Let us tell you about this restaurant. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this not Thai restaurant. Now, now Thai food is our favorite food in the world. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, even when we were, we spent so much time in Thailand, we were tired of eating Thai food. We would go out and sit down and, you know, we'd get some Thai food and we'd be like, wow. This is just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of it, but I, I, I can't stop eating it. It's just, you know, it's top notch. Yeah. Um, um, so when we got back, we, we couldn't stop thinking about this beef cheek, and it's not very easy to acquire here in the States. Uh, so I think we ended up having to special order it from a website. Yeah. Where yeah. was the website? Steaksandgame.com. Yeah. Is it an Australian website? I don't know. I have no idea. I think they're in the States. So. <laughs> well, we'll send you the, the, the link to where we yeah. buy the beef cheek. And they and so um, <clears throat> and so we we order from them, and um, it's actually it's a great site for just all kinds of uh, unique meats mm-hmm. uh, from alligator, to, you know, to venison to beef cheek, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other really cool unique things. You, you know, many people probably have never tried, including us. Um, so um, the way so the way we make it. Um, we make it the same way every time. It hasn't failed yet, and it's really simple. You you take the beef cheek, you sear it on all sides, you throw it into the slow cooker with I think it's carrots, onions, garlic, and garlic, uh, celery, celery, um, and spices like bay leaves, bay leaf, anything you really want. Thyme, at that thyme point. is a big one. Yeah, thyme, um, a good amount of salt, a little bit of red enough, wine, and, and yeah, red, red wine, wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, beef broth yeah or chicken broth or chicken any kind broth, of like yeah. stock um and i think we let that go for like six to eight hours yeah eight hours on, on low, low or six hours on high uh-huh. and um flip it midway and then once it's done take out the beef cheek pour. and the beef cheek is, is is ready at that point yeah yeah but you pour out all those all the the, the whole stew like all the ingredients with the with the wine and the broth and you pour it and back the cooked vegetables and all that everything goes into a pot yeah. Well, first, yeah, you grind it. I mean, you you um immersion blend it. Immersion blended, make you, it into you're a basically singular. creating a, a gravy. Yeah, and then with you pour all, it into with into all a the pan. juices and the fat and the vegetables. Everything goes into this gravy, mm-hmm. and then you reduce it. You reduce it in the pan to create like a really nice thick gravy, like yeah. a good dippable. Amazing, sauce. amazing. Yeah, and that's that's that, that's kind of like a, a bonus if it you is, want to make it the is, gravy. So the, the, beauty, the, the beauty really of the beef, beef cheek. cheek. Yeah. yeah, the beauty of the beef cheek is it's actually, I think, the most marbled, um, most well-marbled uh, <laughs> cut of a cow, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And, it has- and if the, the, the interesting thing is if you don't slow cook it, uh, it's quite chewy because it's, yes, it's a very, it's a very tough muscle. The, uh, a cow just kind of eats and chews all day, so it makes sense that this muscle is going to be really strong and well-developed and you know mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people don't think to just eat beef cheek it's not a very common cut because of the amount of work sort of it takes to get it to to where you like it um yeah. but the beauty of the slow cooker is you just kind of turn it on and walk away and then so based, based on what i was reading it's actually uh because it's such a tough cut it's considered you know almost it's, it's considered one of the cheapest cuts and at least in australia from from what i was reading um, in the States, it's more rare. And mm-hmm. so it's not as, I guess it's not that inexpensive. It's a little bit pricier here. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a little more exotic maybe for yeah, us. It's, more exo- it's, it's closer to like a filet mignon. 
fast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're getting into the wrong place. I don't know. Um, but uh, it, so, so because it's so marbled and when it's slow cooked, it just, it, so, so when you, when you slow cook a pork or uh, I guess a, uh, Chicken breast. Yeah. It just dries or, out. Or chicken. It's, it's just, it's dry because there's no fat inside yeah. of the meat. Right. So you have pulled pork and, you know, you mix it with the sauce and then it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the beef cheek, it's because of the marbling. It's, it's just, it's so tender all over. It, it just melts in your mouth. The second mm-hmm. it's your, your, when the second you put it in, it just melts yeah. away and, and you, you don't even realize you're eating meat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the same. That's the same reaction. I think all of our friends have yeah, had. Yeah. We've had everybody and over we, this we point. We get very consistent <laughs> results. We do this, it's it's almost like a no fail recipe. You put it in a slow cooker. Yeah. And it's going to taste amazing. Yeah. In fact, um, this is going to be one of the main dishes that we're going to be uh, that we're having the our catering company serving. Um, at our wedding. At our wedding. Yeah. In, in about Next a year, year. yeah. Ah, yeah, and congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. We thank you. we made sure to find a caterer that uh, was willing to make this meter that you know they've heard of but they've never <laughs> actually made before. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome! And they're like, okay, so main meals is this set thing, and you're like, no, no, it's going to be this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they give us a menu to choose from, and we closed it. We were like, but what about this? <laughs> what about <laughs> consider this? Um, and the, I, and the, uh, they, they spoke to their head chef, and they said that he was really excited to actually do this because he's heard of it and he's heard good things about how you know it falls apart. So he's he's up for the challenge, and and we we signed on with them. Yeah. Oh, that's great. They're, yeah. they're going to have to have 20 slow cookers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's up to them to figure really out how to feed all English. our English, oh, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, so in Australia, um, I remember my uh, my granddad on my step-parents' side, he, he used to do um, beef tongue. Mm-hmm. And so tongue, mm-hmm. tongue is a, a, a you know, similar part. But um, we uh, I remember as kids we used to just hate eating tongue because he'd leave the the like the tongue skin on and so it's it's a very very strange thing when mm-hmm. tongue comes in contact with another tongue yeah and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very very strange feeling so so beef cheeks I'm guessing would be much much better but well, yeah Australia's we know all about the tongue. We're we're Russian, so yeah. Russian so blood, tongue, Russian tongue, blood, yeah, blood it's blood. it's common. Not not, right, to, say, okay, not yeah. to say that we like it. I don't. I don't. Really I like, like it, Andrew. It's the tongue to tongue thing that really the that tongue, really yeah. gets me. Tongue to tongue. Tongue to tongue. I don't know. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. I, so I get where you're coming from. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think like after a while, if you uh, what I used to do is just chop it all up, and then it would sort of like get mashed in with the mm-hmm. creamy sauce or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and and we have lots of kangaroo here in Australia. I don't know whether you guys have done that, but yes. oh yeah, absolutely. We we, we love, love kangaroo. Love kangaroo. Yeah. yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah, uh, I remember we used to have steaks, and kangaroo steaks can be a little bit too intense, but but say, uh, kangaroo mince is good. But yeah, uh, the, thanks for sharing the recipe. And it, that's so great that it's going to be your wedding. I can't believe that it, like a particular recipe has just been like refined over the years. And then eventually you, uh, are you going to be critiquing them on the day and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't uh, add enough bay leaf in there. I, I see what you did there. Well, actually we, we, we do get to sit down. Um, I think like a week before 
And Early they, make, in the, oh, okay. yeah. they make all the things that yeah, are going to be served yeah, yeah, yeah. at the wedding. Yeah, we're, yeah. We we'll, to try we'll make sure it's up to par. I think. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think we'll, it, it wasn't exactly a recipe. I think we'll quantify it a little bit more and send it over to you. So in case yeah, you do okay. want to share it with all the listeners, yeah, yeah. it is more of a recipe rather than just, okay, beef, carrots, and cook it, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you want to, well, you can just, you can, you can experiment because that's part of the fun as well. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, but but uh, I, I have I have the things written down. I guess the quantities might help people. We'll yeah. send it. Yeah, we'll send it to you. Definitely. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Well. Okay. So so I uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's such a such a pleasure to be talking to you guys who I've known for for a very long time now um, over the you know the blogging community. Um, and so it's great to finally have you on a podcast of my own, which is, uh, you know, just mind blowing. <laughs> you know, I think about two years ago when I started the website and uh, taking all those horrible photos uh, to, 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 where, to where it is now where I get to do a podcast. So it's it's really fantastic. And uh, yeah, th- thank you so much for taking the time out. Thank yeah, you so thank much you. for having us. This was, this was really fun. Yeah, we really had a good time here. <laughs> yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah. And, uh, and so where can people find you? Um, so well, well, and, uh, I guess a couple of <laughs> places. Yeah, so there's there's always tasteaholics.com. Yeah, it'll always be there. Um, um, all of our cookbooks and our our um, monthly meal plan subscriptions are on trylowcarb.com. Mm-hmm. And we have our app, Total Keto Diet. Um, it's available on iOS and uh, Android, um, and also totalketodiet.com. Mm-hmm. On social media, we're just at Tasteaholics across everything: Facebook, yeah. Pinterest, Instagram, also YouTube, so nourished, of course. and so nourished. Yeah, and also so nourished. So um, But mostly, you know, Amazon would be the place to find so nourished products. Yeah, Amazon. And uh, if you have used uh, any of the recipes on my website, all of the um, sweeteners are the so nourished product as well. Uh, so yeah, taste Alex, try low carb. Um, you, you guys do uh, weekly meal plans. So if anyone's looking to start the ketogenic diet, uh, or even just get back into a ketogenic diet, then those meal plans are a fantastic way to do that. Uh, and yeah, thank you again so much. And you know, all of these, uh, I'll put all of the links to these these places in the show notes. So for anyone who um, doesn't already know who you guys are, Tasteaholics, uh, then they can definitely go ahead and check that out. Um, but again, thank you so much for the podcast, and uh, and I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.